You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hello and welcome to the Professional Book Nerds Podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Joe. Hello. Welcome. Welcome back. If you're one of our regular listeners, we're happy to have you here. Before we dive in, remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do your listening. It really means a lot when we can hear from you. So anything you can do would help us out. Those reviews help us reach more folks. You can also email us professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com with questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes. And then we post on social just about daily. Uh, We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. With that, Emma, welcome. Today we're talking about the best juvenile and YA titles of the year. Hi. Hi, I'm very excited that we selfishly get to split this out into basically two full lists of best books of the year because there were too many. (laughs) Me too, because it's so tough for me to love YA as much as I do, but then hit the end of the year and go like, yeah, but I don't want to give up a whole list. or I don't want to like split my list. And this way, we just get to share more books with everyone. <laughs> we do. And we, you read a lot of YA this year. I read less than usual, but I think a good, an okay amount. And yeah, so we're sharing what our best Juve and YA titles released in 2023. Yes, released in 2023. So everything from today's episode came out this year. If you haven't picked it up yet, um, we will still be doing this in our usual style where we're going to give you a brief description. There will be no spoilers. Um, if there is anything that stands out or if we have like a strong opinion to share, we'll of course do that, but nothing uh, too intense. So let's let's just dive into it. My first title may be my favorite read of the year. And I I just finished this for kind of Halloween and spooky, creepy, spooky season. Um, It was so good. I am now like recommending this to everyone. It's like Hunger Games without any of the post-apocalyptic or dystopian elements. It's just like, you could see this happening. It's very get out. This is Their Vicious Games by Joelle Washington. This came out in July of 2023. And It follows a Black teen who is desperate to regain her Ivy League acceptance, where she enters an elite competition only to discover the stakes aren't just high, they're deadly. You work twice as hard to get half as much. Adina has known this entire time that she's been on scholarship at the prestigious Edgewater Academy, a school for the rich and mostly white upper class of New England. It's why she works so hard to be perfect and above reproach, no matter what she must force beneath the surface. Even one slip can cost you everything, and it does. One fight, one moment of lost control, leaves Adina blacklisted from her top choice Ivy League college 
and every other. Her only chance to regain the future she sacrificed everything for is The Finish, a high-stakes contest sponsored by Edgewater's founding family in which 12 young, ambitious women with exceptional promise are selected to compete in three mysterious events, The Ride, The Raid, and The Royale. The winner will be granted entry into the fold of the Remington family, whose wealth and power can open any door. But when she arrives at the finish, Adina quickly gets the feeling that something isn't quite right with both the Remingtons and her fellow competitors. And it soon becomes clear that this larger-than-life prize can only come at an even greater cost. Because the finish's stakes aren't just make or break, they're life and death. Adina knows the deck is stacked against her. It always has been. So maybe the only way to survive their vicious games is for her to change the rules. So that is Their Vicious Games by Joelle Wellington. Probably my favorite read of, of 2023. I'll, I'll stake that claim. My favorite, my favorite YA title of the year for sure. That book sounds so good. It's definitely gone up my list because of how much you loved it. My first pick is a book I've already talked about on the podcast, so I hopefully won't be lengthy, even though I say that every time and then I continue to drone on about it, is Check and Mate by Allie Hazelwood. This is her YA debut. This is cheating a little bit because as of recording, it has not come out yet, but by the time y'all listen, this book will be out on November 7th. Um, So check it out. It's clever. It's swoony. It follows teens that play chess. It was great. I really just, I loved this book. It was all of the things that I want in a young adult romance and none of the things that bother me as a 30 plus uh, year old person. So if you're in the mood to check out something by Allie Hazelwood, I would highly recommend you check out Check and Mate. I'm not going to do the summary because I think I've given a summary like on two prior episodes. Uh, but trust me when I say it's swoony and chess filled and funny and great. Yeah, I will try to be good as well because I know I've described half of the books in past episodes, <laughs> but oh, it's so hard not to. And yeah, that uh, you have definitely made me want to kick into Allie Hazelwood there. I think what better for my my budding love for romance than with a YA romance to really kind of get me into her into her titles yeah plus chess plus chess (laughs) (laughs) then maybe i'll follow up with the queen's gambit perfect it's definitely the vibe what is your second pick my second pick i just talked about it in our october book picks episode is the forest demands it's due by kosoko jackson this was a really fun creepy horror thriller it has that kind of not magical realism i'd say this is very that straight kind of horror that makes you question what is reality and takes you into another dimension at the same time. So um, just some high points from the description. Uh, We're in Vermont. There is, once again, a prestigious academy that no one seems to know anything about, Uh, dark academia, queer horror, um, and fantasy. You cannot go wrong if you like a bit of a mysterious force in the dark that like actually has a form and an entity that you can put a name and a face and a you know kind of overall presence to. If you like those kind of once be- benevolent forces becoming malevolent, um, if you like kind of a 
I of course don't know all the romance words, but I would say like not necessarily enemies to lovers, but indifferent to lovers kind of vibe or like, um, I don't know, what what would you call that, Emma, where they're kind of like, it's like flirting, but they are <laughs> anti-flirting. I think, I think like enemies to lovers would technically still work. So it's it's got a little bit of everything. It was a really fun story. So that is The Forest Demands Its Due by Kosoko Jackson. And that one just came out in October on the 12th. I love this. And also that your first two picks are very much a vibe and that my picks are also very much a vibe. Yeah, we, we've got strong vibes on this episode. So in line with what we like. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. But uh, the next book on my list is again, a, I'm sorry to be a little annoying because it won't release until November 28th. So put your holds on it now, uh, place your pre-orders, whatever you want to do to get this book. I have not stopped thinking about this book since. It is Betting on You by Lynn Painter. I read this on vacation recently, as you will have seen on our Instagram. So follow us at ProBookNerds if you do not already. Betting on You is everything I want in a young adult romance. It has fake dating. It has a bet that motivates the plot. It has just emotion and family dynamics and swoony moments. And it was so perfect. I have since read uh, two other Lynn Painter YA books in the last 10 days. And all, all everything is fantastic. Um, but to refresh everyone's memories a little bit, betting on you follows Bailey, who starts her new job at like a hotel, water park, fun entertainment center. You know, one of those places that has like trampolines and a water park and an arcade and and all of those things. And she meets an old acquaintance named Charlie. They first met on a long haul flight from Alaska to Omaha. Um, after Bailey's parents got divorced. And so she was sort of going between uh, parents' houses. And so she sort of associates her memories of him with that like terrible plane ride after her first sort of trip, uh, seeing her dad. And they're also just opposites. Bailey and Charlie are literally nothing alike. And so there's that whole like, again, like enemies to lovers or like rivals to lovers vibe where they're just absolutely not... um, similar in personality at all, but that doesn't matter in a romance when you throw in some fake dating. And this book as well has dual POV. So we do get most of the story from Bailey's perspective, but we do get um, input from Charlie and get to see into what he's thinking, even though his chapters are shorter. And I just loved it because when you as the reader can see obviously both sides and you know that they're you know, fake dating has maybe turned to real feelings. Uh, it's so cute. So Betting on You by Lynn Painter is out November 28th. Get it, get it, get it. And if you read it, talk to me about it because I am now 1000% Lynn Painter's biggest fan. I I think I love fake dating. I think that's, I think that might be the thing I like most. It's really fun. It's so good. And it, I think, especially for teens, perhaps, even though I don't know that I ever encountered like actual real fake dating in real life, uh, where it sort of breaks down that barrier a little bit of that where you're like uncomfortable flirting or you like don't want to hold their hand or like get too touchy. Obviously, the fake dating sort of takes away that 
that wall. Uh, and then you just get to be like swoony and cute. I don't know. I love it. <laughs> Adorable. My next pick, I am actually just finishing the audiobook right now. I'm at the the tail end of it. So I had an early copy of this. So to bring up our Instagram again, um, I was reading this ages ago, the the early copy. The book came out October 3rd, but the audio didn't drop until October 28th. And I thought, what better way to have a Halloween read than Ryan LaSalle's Beholder? Now, we, we love Ryan here on the pod, and it's a great horror read. This has been my year of horror. I'm sure y'all might be tired of me saying it, but... It's it's a fun new genre for me, and we like what we like here. If you loved The Honeys, if you loved Reverie, here is a chilling new contemporary fable about art, aesthetic, obsession, and the gaze that peers back at us from behind our reflections. So this follows Ethan, uh, and he has made it far in life by relying on his charm and his good looks, even securing an invitation to a mysterious penthouse soiree for New York City's artsy elite. But when he sneaks off to the bathroom, he hears a slam, followed by a scream. Ethan peers outside, only to be pushed back in by a boy his age. The boy gravely tells him not to open the door, and then closes Ethan in. Outside the door, the party descends into chaos. Through hours of howls, laughter, and sobs, Ethan stays hidden. When he finally emerges, he discovers a massacre where corpses appear to have been arranged into a disturbingly elegant sculpture, and Athan's mysterious savior is nowhere to be found. Athan, the only known survivor, is now the primary suspect. In a race to prove his innocence, Athan is swept up in a supernatural mystery, one of occult societies and deadly eldritch horrors with rather distinctive taste. Something evil is walking up the walls of New York City, and it's compelling victims towards violence, chaos, and self-destruction. Bound to him by a mysterious hereditary power, Ethan has felt this evil hiding behind his reflection his entire life, watching him, waiting. Now it's taking over. So that is Beholder by Ryan LaSala. This one is very creepy. I do also want to just give like a bit of a content warning, and it's at the beginning of the book as well. The supernatural force compels people to die. So there are some warnings for self-harm, for suicidal ideation, and also just kind of that being taken over by a mysterious force that, you know, either compels you to kill yourself or kill others and then die in some strange way. So sorry, big content and trigger warning for you on this one. It's a fantastic read. It's a really compelling, like the pacing is is fantastic, but I would be remiss if I didn't say this is definitely on the older end of YA, at least in my opinion. So if you're reader, if you are reading this, keep that, keep in mind those warnings. Um, if you are recommending this, if your young reader can handle those subjects, great, you know, up to you to figure out what age, you know, for you and your, your pal to figure out what age is the best, but just be mindful before you recommend this to someone who has kind of any, any struggles or trouble in that space or at least know that they go into it with that heads up. That book sounds absolutely fantastic. And I appreciate all of your heads up uh, for some of those content warnings. I think that's important. And so my next pick is a fantasy romance, young adult. Wow, a shocker. <laughs> this came out in August of this year, and it's House of Marion by JL. You have probably seen this gorgeous cover out and about in, in the world. It is 
stunning. It has uh, florals and a sword through the front. Um, but this follows a 17-year-old Quell who has lived her entire life on the run. She and her mother have fled from city to city in order to hide the deadly magic that flows through Quell's veins. Until someone discovers her dark secret. To hide from the assassin hunting her and keep her mother out of harm's way, Quell reluctantly inducts into a debutante society of magical social elites called the Order that she never knew existed. If she can pass their three rites of membership, mastering their proper form of magic, she'll be able to secretly bury her forbidden magic forever. If caught, she will be killed. But becoming the perfect debutante is a lot harder than Quell imagined, especially when there's more than tutoring happening with Jordan, her brooding mentor and assassin in training. When Quell uncovers the deadly links, the order will go to defend its wealth and power. She's forced to choose. Embrace the dark magic she's been running from her entire life, or risk losing everything and everyone she's grown to love. Still, she fears the most formidable monster she'll have to face is the one inside. So we have ball gowns, we have betrayal, there's magic, there's mystery, there's morally gray characters, there's romance, it's dark academia. Yes, uh, to everything about this. So House of Marion by J.L., one of my top picks uh, in the YA space this year. I love it. I I love that you and I are using like we are on trend. These are these are the <laughs> right. books that we would pick. Yeah. But also like that's a a great romanticy foil for their vicious games. Like yeah. if if you know like if you like one, you like the other kind of pairing. But yeah, I I love that we are <laughs> we are on it. We are bringing our true list here. <laughs> yeah, it's I, right. It's we we like what we like. Uh, but also, I think what we like is what a lot of other people like as well. And so, hopefully, if you have not checked out some of these picks, you will. Hopefully, we can persuade you to uh, try what we like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My next book is also one that um, I think is a lot of fun. This is The Brothers Hawthorne by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. So this came out in August of this year, and this returns readers to the world of her Inheritance Games series. So that series, that trilogy is technically done, but now we've got a bunch of other books in this same sort of universe, which I love. And this time, this book is from the perspective of the two main brothers, if you want to call them that, uh, Grayson and Jameson. So each brother has their own sort of mystery to solve in these books. Grayson is sort of dealing with his half-sisters who are in trouble and a few other family complications. And Jameson is also dealing with some family drama of his own while also infiltrating an exclusive underground gambling club as uh, teens often do, but they're like millionaires. So yeah, uh, we just suspend our disbelief a little bit here at the sensational things that they get uh, themselves into. But it, this was just so fun. This There's like mystery, there's riddles, there's some romance. You get to know the brothers that you may have just enjoyed from the inheritance games. And this time you get to read the story from each of their perspectives, which I did really enjoy. And 
uh, yeah, a little sneak peek that we will have additional books in this sort of space. So I know that they did just uh, announce the grandest game, um, which will take us back to the Hawthorns uh, once again. So if you are interested in these books, you want something quick and fun and riddle filled and full of mystery, I would absolutely check out this series, but also The Brothers Hawthorne by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. This one is definitely up my list after hearing you and getting the chance to talk with you about it. And uh. speaking with uh, Jennifer last year to talk about the conclusion to the trilogy, the way that she maps out all of these clues and riddles and pieces that come together that you may not have noticed, like that's sort of been there all along is my favorite type of mystery is when you have all the pieces you need to solve it. Mm-hmm. If you notice, or if, you know, those things come together. And um, I like when that, when that happens, because then it obviously feels like, oh, I could have, I could have figured this out, you know, if I'd I gotten there. paid attention <laughs> or gone over this with a fine tooth comb, like they give you all the tools. Uh, yeah. Sometimes those endings and mysteries that are like a little too out of left field, mm-hmm. I have a, a problem with because I'm like, wait. Was this, has this always been like, could, could I have gotten there? Could I have figured it out? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I really enjoy her books in that I, it always to me feels like you could, you could mostly get there. You could um, Sherlock your way through it if you needed to. Yeah. But I also just, I don't, I just really enjoy the ride of, you know, going along with these brothers and their crazy antics. But speaking of fantasy, here's one that's no surprise that it made my list a great juvenile pick a new series that i absolutely love i love how it's uh world built how it's handled how the magic system kind of works together i think it's really cool really fresh and new this is book two in the witchling series the golden frog games by clarabelle a ortega you have definitely heard about jill and i talk about the witchlings you have probably also seen some of clarabelle's other works from frizzy and ghost squad but here is more magic mayhem and monstros so it's the sequel to the instant new york times best-selling number one indie title witchlings Every four years, the 12 towns gather for a legendary magical tournament, the Golden Frog Games. With Ravenskill hosting this year's games, all eyes are on Seven Salazar, Valley Pepperhorn, and Thorn LaRue, the most famous spares in the 12 towns. Thorn is ready to compete as a fashion champion, but when a forbidden hex is used to turn her fellow champions to stone, suspicions land on the spares. As the witchlings attempt to unravel the mystery of the stonifications, future Uncle Seven is harboring a dangerous dangerous secret. While she's supposed to be able to communicate with animals, the voices she hears most clearly belong to monstros, and one spine-chilling voice is loudest of all. Can Seven fix her broken magic and find out who is cursing the champions before Thorn becomes the next victim? Really cute stories. Just... Ugh, I I can't say enough to it. If ever, you know, this is classified as juvenile. I think everyone can have a great time enjoying it. This is the Golden Frog Games in the Witchling series by Clarabelle A. Ortega. Every time you talk about this, I'm always like, I need to read this. <laughs> and then I get so easily distracted by my mood reading that I forget. But this, every time you talk about it, makes me smile so good. I think you'd really like it. And I'd like to 
talk to you about them. So pick them up. I feel like you could blow through the first, the the two that are out very yeah. quickly. Uh, it's just like it's there are stakes that make you feel things. Uh, but you never get overwhelmed, which I think is really important to have. Like, yes, that means for the the younger reader, it's it's probably built perfectly for them. But for me as an adult, when I want the feeling of like an intense, like fantasy adventure story, but hold back for where my brain is most times, this is a great way to do it. I think that's so true. And that I think is a great point. It speaks to mood reading. Yeah. The right to the mood reading is that like. I do really enjoy young adult books because you've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts. I don't know. It does something to my brain. <laughs> where yes. There's something that I have yet to be able to put words to, but I'll keep trying that there's just that like, it does what the adult version does for me, but without the stress, without the stakes. Yeah. Uh, like I, I get all the vibes that I'm looking for without the intensity. And that's what keeps it like, fun for me because it's really amazing when you get swept up in a book and it takes you somewhere and it carries you away but like I keep going back to the return where we were both so like shook by yeah. it <laughs> that I don't necessarily always want that I I want yeah. that like a couple times a year but I want to read nonstop. I agree and I think that that's true I was thinking about this actually with the Lynn Painter books like why I like them so much and it's because it reminds me of what it felt like as a teen to have those like first crush feelings and just sort of that like, you know, early heyday excitement. Um, right. But from the comfort of my like reading chair, I mean, yeah, I've been married for a long time now. So right. Your relationships are different when you're older. And so um, it is just kind of funny because when you're young and you have like a crush, it's so all consuming. I don't, I don't, know that I would have that same sort of reaction now as a, you know, 30 year old. Nor would you probably want that feeling again. Right. But so like, right. In the setting, in the context of these books, it's sort of that like nice little bit of reminiscing, but obviously like, I don't want to be a teen again. (laughs) Right. Really good authenticity. Yeah. But we get to kind of peek in on what life used to feel like. Exactly. So that brings me to ne- to my next pick. I am cheating a little bit because I'm the duology. Both of the books of the duology come out in 2023. So it counts. And also thank you to Rebecca Ross for giving us two books in one year of the duology because 
then people don't have to wait as long. But I am going to shout out Divine Rivals and Ruthless Vows. Divine Rivals came out in April of this year. And I think I first mentioned this on our Romanticy episode. So if you are interested in some Romanticy recommendations, go back and find that episode. I think it was from May, y'all. And this follows two rival journalists who find love through a magical connection. There's war, there's, you know, things like fate and um, all kinds of stuff. It's so great. Enemies to lovers. Oh, I'm not going to drone on and on about this book again, but Ruthless Vows is the conclusion to the duology that comes out December 26th of this year. So we do have to wait a little bit. I think it'll be worth it. Uh, keep an eye out. And uh, yeah, so we get the conclusion to this duology. So I won't say any spoilers because it's not out yet. Um, But yeah, just what a blast these books were and are. And that's all I will say. (laughs) Two books in one year too. That's that's a treat. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's an intense writing schedule and editing schedule for sure. But um, check them out. Divine Rivals by Rebecca Ross and Ruthless Vows out December 26th. And both have lovely covers. So there's that too. Well, my next pick is also a series that I got into this year because um, the third book was coming out. I was like, I read the first one ages ago and it just felt like I needed to get back into it. This is the One of Us is Lying series. It's been translated into a show. It's got like spinoff books or like matching collections. I know I've talked about this a few times this year. So just the the quick reminder that there is one of us is lying, one of us is next, and then this one is one of us is back. So we're returning this time with kind of the original Bayview 4, except there is no longer four. There's, you know, so many more of them at this point. And it's been two years since the events of the first book. This is your chance to get back and see all of the people that you liked from the first two books in a new kind of swin, swin, spin. (laughs) I I don't know what's happening today, y'all. If you are a fan of Pretty Little Liars or were at some point, I feel like this is the realistic version or the modern updated version of Pretty Little Liars that, that feels like something for everyone told from multiple perspectives with good, unique voices. The audiobooks are delightful as well because each of the characters is a different narrator. So you get a little bit of everything. So keep that in mind. Pick up One of Us is Back or start the series off from the beginning by Karen M. McManus. Yes, to all of this. I don't know what it is about a YA thriller. A YA thriller. Mystery. Every time. They're always, they always hit. They always hit. I am uh, even like the the YA thriller hits so good every time. And that's, that's why they're always on my list. Like I'm a sucker for it. I agree. And that's a perfect segue to my next pick because for me, that YA fantasy, they, it's just, there's something about a young adult fantasy book. (laughs) that is just always appealing. And so my next pick is A Study in Drowning by Ava Reed. This came out in September. So we, I did just talk about it in the September book picks episode a month or so ago. So it won't be too long-winded here, but it's atmospheric. It's a dark academia fantasy. Um, There's 
you know, a love interest, which is sort of rivals to lovers, this gothic mystery. There's like a haunted estate. Uh, yeah. I This has been on my list as a book to watch for a very long time. And now that it's out, I have not changed my mind because it's fantastic. So A Study in Drowning by Ava Reed, if you have not yet checked it out. Uh, it's been out for a little while, so you should be able to get it on Libby. And if you read it, let me know because it's just fantastic. I'm going to hit everyone with another series that like kind of similar vibes that fantasy, magical realism-esque called An Extravaganza from Start to Finish by Chloe Gong. But So this is the Blood Debt series by Terry J. Benton Walker. Book one is titled Blood Debts, uh, came out April this year. And book two, Blood Justice, will be out in April of 2024. It is a beautiful, atmospheric series. It is all about powerful, magical families with intergenerational curses and deadly drama in New Orleans. I know I have talked about this, so I won't give too much here, but 30 years ago, a young woman was murdered and a family was lynched, and New Orleans saw the greatest magical massacre in its history. In the days that followed, a throne was stolen from a queen. On the anniversary of these brutal events, Clement and Christina Trudeau, the 16-year-old twin heirs to the powerful, magical, dethroned family, are mourning their father and caring for their sick mother. Until, by chance, they discover their mother isn't sick. She's cursed. Cursed by someone on the very magic council their family used to rule. Someone who will come for them next. Christina, once a talented and dedicated practitioner of generational magic, has given up magic for good. An ancient spell is what killed their father, and she was the one who cast it. For Clement, magic is life. It's a distraction from his anger and pain, even better than the random guys he hooks up with. Christina and Clement used to be each other's most trusted confidants and friends, but now they barely speak. If they have any hope of discovering who is coming after their family, they'll have to find a way to trust each other and their family's magic, all while solving the decades-old murder that sparked the still-rising tensions between the city's magical and non-magical communities. I mean, so many good words in there. Starting series, this is a debut title. Like, ah. So dive into Blood Deaths by Terry J. Benton Walker. That sounds fantastic. Like, man, my TBR never gets any shorter. It's always just so, so long. Uh, another book that I want to mention, I won't, again, spend too much time talking about because we have talked about it in prior episodes, is The Scarlet Veil by Shelby Maharin. This came out in September of this year and then sort of took me on a little bit of a backtrack before I went into this book reading the Serpent and Dove series. So, yeah, I mean, read it. Uh, read that and read this. But um, the Serpent and Dove series follows witches and witch hunters. And this one is set in the same world. A, a sort of minor character in that series takes front and center stage here in the Scarlet Veil, where she falls in love with a vampire. Uh, so I'm like, I don't really feel like I need to say any more than that. There's vampires and magic and you know, evil rising and they must vanquish it and, uh, you know, naturally fall in love all at the same time. So that is The Scarlet Veil by Shelby Maharin. Oh, perfect. You don't need to say more than world of witches and witch hunters and a vampire and 
vampires are back if they ever left, which I don't think they did. <laughs> I don't think they did, but they're definitely reinvigorated. Exactly. <laughs> My next title is On Air with Zoe Washington. This is a return to the kind of Zoe Washington series. This is book two. The first one from the desk of Zoe Washington came out back in 2020. It's a really fun juvenile title, uh, an instant New York Times bestseller. This one came out in February this year. So again, this is by Janae Marks. Two years ago, Zoe Washington helped clear Marcus's name for a crime he didn't commit. Now her birth father has finally been released from prison and to an outpouring of community support. So everything should be perfect. When Marcus reveals his dream of opening his own restaurant, Zoe becomes determined to help him achieve it, with her as his pastry chef, of course. However, starting a new place is much more difficult than it looks, and Marcus is having a harder time re-entering society than anyone expected. Set on finding a solution, Zoe starts a podcast, we love a podcast and a book, to bring to light the exonerees' experiences and fundraise for their restaurant. After all, Zoe knows full well the power of using her voice, but with waning public interest in their story, will anyone still be listening? So super fun podcast in a book on air with Zoe Washington by Janae Marks. And I'm annoyed that all of your books are on my TBR now. <laughs> so <laughs> same. <laughs> my next book is a book that came out in July. This is All That's Left to Say by Emery Lord. This is a story about Hannah McLaren. So on prom night, as you would hope you wouldn't end up sitting in your headmaster's office in your fancy dress soaked to the bone uh, in huge trouble after pulling the fire alarm right as the prom queen was about to be crowned. But obviously Hannah had her reasons. One year ago, her cousin Sophie, who was also her best friend and the person she loved most in the world, died of an overdose. Drowning in grief, Hannah became obsessed with one question, who gave Sophie the pills? Who's refusing to give her family the closure they deserve? Then she concocted a plan, enroll at her cousin's fancy private school with a new look and a mouthful of lies and uncover the truth. But Hannah didn't expect all the lines to blur. She didn't expect Sophie's friends to be so complicated. She didn't expect to fall for her longtime enemy. Now she must choose to either let herself really mourn Sophie and move on, or see her search through to its explosive end, even if it means destroying herself. Yeah. I feel like if that doesn't have you hooked, we need to talk. But that's all that's left to say by Emery Lord. And I will say it with no apologies. The, the cover of this is also really stunning and engaging and thralling. Oh, yeah. No, that's a fantastic cover. and. That description has to get you. Like, there's no way, no I, way I can pass that up. Yeah, and I think it's in. I mean, I I do think that that's something. I you know everyone experiences grief at some point in their life, and the ways in which that you cope with that is different. And so, uh, sometimes it feels cathartic to watch somebody else manage and figure out their grief uh, when you're a little bit removed from that. I think can also be helpful. Definitely. And and grief is a, a light bulb and that over time it just starts to dim, but it never really goes away. So sometimes you also need those, those stories to help you process what you didn't even know you might still be feeling a little bit of or when it pops up. Yeah, exactly. So Emery Lord's 
all that's left to say. So we're down to our last two titles. And I am, shocker, going to give you a a debut title, uh, which seems to be my thing around these parts. Uh, It's a debut juvenile title that's a little bit of fantasy about, hmm, between medium, navigating friends, family, and ghosts. I I think this one's pretty far from my usual pick, right? Doesn't sound like me at all. Paloma Ferrer is psychic. In fact, everyone in her family line has the gift. Now that Paloma has come into her powers, she dreams of becoming a famous medium to celebrities, just like her beloved grandma. When Paloma's parents move them from Miami to Los Angeles, she hatches a plan to get her career as a medium up and running. Number one, host seances at her new school and stream on social media. Two, build her profile and make a name for herself. And three, avoid detection from her tattletale of a little sister. But when a reading gone awry leaves Paloma in a sticky situation with a new friend, she'll need more than a crystal ball to find her way out of this mess. So that is Totally Psychic by Bridget Martin. That one came out in August. Speaking of fun, my second to last pick is Highly Suspicious and Unfairly Cute by Talia Hibbert. This came out like January third of this year. So it was like the first, one of the first YA books I was looking at at the start of the year. Dang, taking us back to the beginning. (laughs) I know. Talia Hibbert is the author of the Brown Sisters trilogy. So if you're familiar with those adult works, this is a young adult book that follows um, the perfect football player, Bradley. He's perfect. Uh, He manages his OCD well, and he's top at all his classes except the ones that he shares with his ex-best friend, Celine. Um, And so then we have Celine. She's a social media expert uh, who shares her conspiracy theories and her thoughts on UFOs and everything, Um, but she's not popular. And so that's why her ex-best friend, Brad, uh, ditched her several years ago for that sort of popular crowd. And... So obviously there's nothing between them anymore. They're just like sort of rivals, especially I love in a high school setting when you're like academic rivals, you're like shooting for that top GPA and all of those things. Like you want that number one spot. Um, but they sign up for a survival course in the woods as you do. And Celine finds Brad is also signed up for the course. So they're sort of forced to work together. And of course, getting back together after all this time has passed. Did they, you know, do I love where like, do, did what you think went wrong, go wrong in the way that you thought, or was it actually um, just sort of like a comedy of errors, which it usually often is. So I, I love this in a, in a teen story and like the ex best friend thing. I also feel like it's very common. Obviously you sort of change friendships. Well, yeah, you sort of have different friends in different settings. I feel like my friend group changed a lot from middle school to high school until it really like settled. Yeah. And so this whole sort of dynamic of like, we used to be best friends, but now we're not. Um, I can definitely relate to. Yeah. So uh, highly suspicious and unfairly cute by Talia Hibbert. Yep. And the cover's pink. (laughs) (laughs) And the cover is pink. Love it. That could be an episode for us. And the cover is pink. 
for real. And we'd have, <laughs> like, talk about the spread on that genre, too. Yeah, we'd have, like, a million picks. To wrap us up, what? who would I be if I didn't go for a mystery thriller suspense title in the YA space to wrap us up? This is Suddenly a Murder by Lauren Munoz. And this was out in September. Seven friends throw a 1920s-themed party where it's all pretend until one of them is murdered. I don't think I need to say more than that, but... It's the end of high school celebration uh, with, you know, ride or die best friend and five other friends in a 1920s themed getaway to the glamorous Ashwood Manor. They party in vintage dresses and expensive diamonds until one of their boyfriends turns up dead. Murdered investigators declare when they arrive at the scene, and now every party guest is a suspect. There's the girlfriend in love, the other girl in despair, the old friend forlorn, the new friend distressed the brooding enigma, and then there's Izzy, the girl who brought the knife. To find the killer, everyone must undergo a grueling interrogation, all while locked in an estate where suddenly the greatest luxury is innocence. So if you haven't read this one yet, definitely pick up Suddenly a Murder by Lauren Munoz. Emma, what's your last title? My last title is my only juvenile pick of the list. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I, there were books I could have picked. I mean, there are new books from Jeff Kinney and Rick Reardon and, you know, staple authors uh, that have come out this year. But in true to me fashion, uh, one of the books that I really enjoyed that was a juvenile that came out earlier this year, I'm sorry, is Just Because by Matthew McConaughey. So good. This book is so sweet. Um, it's obviously very short, so um, you know, readers can just enjoy like the sweet, heartfelt message uh in a few minutes. A cute book to read with your kids or or anybody that um anybody, really, honestly. And I uh Matthew McConaughey was at school library journals day of dialogue recently. And he was one of the guests and just talked about the, and he's so endearing and yeah. Um, so this book, just because it's just really sweet. It's sort of about just not letting, you know, things get you down really. So just because you're worried or just because you're nervous or just because you have hurt feelings or anything like that, um, you can still cope and handle it and celebrate and be happy. And it's, it's just really sweet. And the illustrations are lovely. I believe the illustrations are by Renee Curlia. Curlia. I always am terrible at looking up the way to pronounce their name. So I apologize, but it's just very sweet. Um, so if you're looking for a picture book and you want to see if Matthew McConaughey can write a picture book, um, check out just because uh, it's so, so, so cute. I love it. What a great one to end on. It's just, you know, I, d I think it's harder than people think to write a good picture book. Um, as a parent who's now read about a billion different books to my son over the last couple of years, to have one that is enjoyable for your child and also for you as a parent reading it 7,000 times. And I think this fits the bill just because. By Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I love it. Well, Emma, thank you for sharing your best juvenile and YA reads of 2023. 
Listeners, hopefully you enjoyed these picks from us. Let us know what you check out. Uh, comment on our social media, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are at ProBookNerds. And of course, we will see you in the next episode. Thank you all so much for listening and happy reading. Happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on overdrive.com or in Libby. Our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen Podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer and Joe Skelly and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place, the sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.